from L.A. and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Aaron Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan. And we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired in 1998. I can't believe it. But join us for like our final listener questions. I mean, we probably will have two, but like our final yeah. finals. The beginning of, well, the, the end, the, uh, I don't the know, end. the middle of the end, the beginning of the end. What kind of, the, where, where are we in the end? The end of the end? Yeah, I feel like we've been drawn out the end for quite some time Yeah, now. like it's been months now, so it's yeah. kind of like we're at the end of we're the end. We're at the end of the end. This is a better suite, obviously, we've been talking about it, but I mean, I yeah. think, you know, you and I are both like, oh, we're so ready. We're ready, we're ready to, um, you know, for three years at least at some point um, in our friendship, Mm -hmm. we've had to talk about Dawson's Creek every time we've seen each other. I know. Or our schedules. I know. And I... (laughs) I love you, but like, come on. We I know. Be talking, we both want to be talking about different yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. not be talking about the podcast or Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Or like when you're free or, what, you know, when. Yeah, when we can do this. You, yeah. Yeah, to do this. So I'm yeah. definitely ready to transition our friendship back into yeah. a friendship. A friendship and <laughs> not, not slight, slight business. With, yeah. <laughs> slight friendship. Yes, yeah. exactly. Although we did have a good friend day. The other day, because you got married. I know. I know. I was like, I haven't talked about that on the main feed yet. I know. Yeah, yeah I we know. had such a fun time. We did. It was so fun. I, I danced. Mean, everyone says that your wedding's the best day of your life, and it is. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. just so cool to have everyone who made you who you are in this in one room together yeah. and it's like the only time in your life that happens yeah yeah so that's so cool and i danced my absolute ass off oh yeah i danced the whole time basically it was so fun that it was, was what so i was fun. waiting for my nephew was like auntie Aaron, can we go dance and i was like unfortunately we're on a schedule yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. i did dance with your nephew at one point oh my god he was, he was a great the dancer time of his life just we yep the cutest, the cutest. Everyone was obsessed with him. Yeah. He like for good reason. He's he turned five like a week after my wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, just to put him in context, and uh, he, I guess the bartender was like, "Oh, you should go up there and give just go up there and give a speech, but just say congratulations." And he walked up there he with did. like absolute purpose. Yes. Like, they're like, anyone else want to give a speech? And he just like came. He was like, uh, excuse me. I I have something important I have to, something say. to say. They handed him the microphone. He took it and said, congratulations. And then handed it back. And it was just like, honestly, the most perfect speech. A, a perfect speech. Like <laughs> A perfect speech. It was so cute. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Yeah. No, it was really fun. Also, I felt like it was just such a you move to have an open mic for a part of it. I was like, oh, Aaron wants chaos in this <laughs> wedding. <laughs> I actually didn't invited chaos. I was like to my my husband. I was like, okay, well, who are we going to ask to give a speech? Yeah. I was like, you just do an open mic. I was like, no, you, no. Oh, so Charles wanted chaos. He wanted chaos. <laughs> okay. He, uh, he, I felt like that was a you move. Oh my god. I like actually was like, well, also I just don't like people watching. I don't 
like people watching me eat. Yeah, so that's like true. it was kind of like I didn't really want speeches, but yeah. you don't want to like not have them, you know? So yeah. everyone's like looking at you as I'm like shoving risotto in my mouth. Like if I don't eat, I can't have that wine. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, I gotta eat all of this right now yeah, while you guys are distracted. The photographer who was amazing and I'm not like talking shit, but she was like, Oh, well, do you want me to get your reaction when people give speeches? And I was like, I told you the rule, you're nope. not getting photos of me eating. Mm-mm, nope, 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 nope. So no, I'm okay, <laughs> you know. But anyways. It was fun though. Yeah, it was. Other, that aside, it was like it was the best night. It was, it was so great fun. Yeah, it was a fun weekend. It was. It was. Yeah, we had a good great. time. Yeah. yeah, and I, you know, by the time this comes out, I like. Did you see the photos I posted? One of our uh-huh. listeners was like photoshopped photoshopped like iconic Dawson's Creek quotes on some of my. It photos. was great. Yeah, it was so, great. Thank uh, you for doing that. Yeah, Sarah. Sarah, yeah. Shout out Sarah. Um, so if you haven't seen those, I definitely like. You know, feel weird about posting. Oh come on! My wedding photos, but they're just so like perfectly. Those are perfect. Creek. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So if you haven't seen them, definitely check out our Instagram. Absolutely. And, like, Sarah's tagged in them, and she's a fucking queen. Thank yeah. you so much. You know, it's rad. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, so <laughs> yeah, it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> know, me too. The love is the hardest of woods. It's one. the best one. I mean, truly great. I know. She was like, "Well, what quotes do you want?" I was like, "I mean, whatever you think." But I mean, obviously, love is the hardest of woods is like <laughs> iconic iconic and like nothing can top that <laughs> yeah. and like oh my god and even when I told my husband I was like oh yeah like she was she had offered to do this and he, I told him about that quote and he just laughed so hard he's like that's perfect yeah he's like that's it <laughs> yeah obviously because it had a like so we got married at a restaurant and it had a marquee that yeah. they normally will put stuff on and so we just had whatever was already there yeah and a lot of people were like oh we thought you did that and I was like I mean it's not that I'm opposed to queen it said like sing it we will rock you everybody yeah. it's like I, I don't have anything against queen but like no I, I definitely would have done something different yeah yeah I think it was for the Dodgers yeah yeah definitely who queen. choked absolutely and- <laughs> amazingly yeah um much to my joy and, am- and amusement <laughs> Um, so, and it was very difficult as they do. Yeah, as, as the Dodgers do. do. Yeah, they can make it to the postseason, but yeah. that's about it. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, it was a great night, and I'm, uh, you know, it's, I feel like it's so funny and odd that like this podcast is ending right as you're kind of like starting this new. I know. It's funny because phase I, of your life. I keep wanting to post this, but I like haven't about like my feelings about the podcast ending, just like on my own personal page. I'm yeah. Like, well, you know, I'm ending this three-year-long personal project of my podcast and this 39-year-long personal project of not being married Yeah, right at the same time. Yep. <laughs> Super bizarre. Yep. You know, total changes happening in, like, two major houses of my life, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yes. Um, yeah, it does feel weird. But obviously, like, three years is transformative. To, I mean, truly, we were in a different world without, when we started this podcast. I, without a doubt. A different world entirely. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Like, it, the world where we started this podcast is, like, unrecognizable. Unrecognizable. Yeah. 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 So. But interestingly, like, I've, like I, I've changed in the sense that, we're like, I feel like I'm always growing and changing. Sure. But I don't feel like I've, you know changed as much as the world has <laughs> i don't know but then maybe i have like now i'm like married which like it's kind of bizarre i know mm. i i mean yeah i think i i think we i mean you have to i don't know it's weird because of course i've known you since you were 18 yeah and 
there's like, you know, when you're like close to someone, like there's these ways and like, you're like, that person's never changed. And then yeah. it's like, I mean, obviously you have. No, I totally, <laughs> like, no, Since I, I met you. Mean, yeah. It's like when I went to my 10 year high school reunion, a lot of people were like, you haven't changed at all. And I'm like, is that good or bad? Yeah. <laughs> and is that true? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think what that's ways true. are you saying yeah, that? Yeah, 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 what are your exactly. parameters for saying exactly, that? You know? Exactly. Yeah, totally. So I, you know, I think it's interesting. I, I always think about that of like, you know, when you're close to someone, it's harder to see the yeah. changes because you're kind of just there to witness them day to day. Totally. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, you've got like a whole new job, which new job, which I never thought I would see. I know. Yeah. Me leaving my old job was a big. That's a big. That was a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and now I'm like. <laughs> whatever i mean it's not now that i don't like, like my what's new job next i, I think and we're so, all just like what's next uh, yeah it's not that i don't like my new job but it's also one of those things where it's like it takes up such a smaller amount of my life than my old mm-hmm. job did that like that's very like new for me which it's good i agree i think yeah. it's good as well yeah, yeah I definitely but i just my personal opinion is that like work shouldn't be such a big part of your identity i agree with you it took me 35 years, but 37 <laughs> so years, 37 years. It doesn't mean it's right. Yeah, know? no, I, I agree with you. I um, I think that um, a thing that I keep learning, it's not the first time I've learned this lesson, is that mm-hmm. when you put all your eggs in one basket, no matter what quadrant of your life that might mm-hmm. be, um, bad thing, it's not great. Well, yeah, your other houses are starving. Well, and yeah. <laughs> not the way I would put it, but you're right. (laughs) You're right. You're right. But also, you know, I just, I think I have a tendency to like be laser focused on one thing. And so it's nice to kind of like have a few different like avenues of outlet. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. It's exciting, but scary too. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Both of those things. Yeah. 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 I think that's how, at least I feel, and I know we've talked off mic about like ending this. We we're like, well, this has been such a journey, and like, interestingly, such a big part of my identity during this period. Mm-hmm. So, what will it be like to not do this podcast and not have this take up space and be yeah. a part of who I am? You know, like, I mean, that's part of what bittersweet means to me when I say it. You know, it's like. I agree. Yeah. I'm ready to close this chapter, but then like what happens when it's closed? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that look like? And you know, we won't, I won't know until I'm navigating it, but, um, yeah, it's still bizarre. Very, very, it feels very weird. And I feel like it's going to take a little while for it all to sink in. I agree. Like it's going to take a few weeks of us like well, especially since we normal or like we prioritize like having a hiatus too, like after during the pandemic, where yeah. we're like, okay, between seasons, we definitely need like, yeah, to take some time. So I feel like the first two or three weeks we'll be like, yeah, no, no, we're just on hiatus, season yeah, break yeah, yeah. or whatever. And then once it's like, oh no, no, we're not, no, we're not coming back. No. <laughs> there is no season seven. Yeah, yeah. Then that's when we'll be like. Oh, yeah. Weird, you know? Yeah, I do. And I think interestingly, that will happen like right around like Christmas. the holidays yeah. and stuff <laughs> yeah, when yeah. like everything is so weird. Yeah. Um, so that will probably be like a really, I don't know, interesting feeling, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And like, 
Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like giving space to ourselves to like feel. Yeah, the feel things. the feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just be like, yeah, again, I'm like, it's a lot of work. We say that all the time. It's a lot of yeah. work in ways in which like we can't describe you just have to have your own podcast to well I, you know to, to to just paint an example mm-hmm. i drove s- down the state of california yeah. today like 350 miles, miles. yeah today like got home kilometers. yeah laid down for an hour or two mm-hmm. shoved some food in my mouth yeah. <laughs> laid down and then came here to record this exactly so like those kinds of things where you like are like, okay, I got to get up and do this because this is the time we have. Exactly. Like it's not, I'm not complaining about that. I'm, I'm happy to be here and doing it and talking about it, but it's mm-hmm. those things where it's like, you know, you, you get to kind of, there's like a light where we see the world where it's like, oh, at some point I'll just be able to lay there. Yeah. <laughs> For a while. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> unpack my suitcase. I know. <laughs> Who are we kidding? I'll, I'll never I unpack know, a suitcase seriously. the day I get home. I still have a pile of clothes in my TV room that's from Mexico. From Mexico, like <laughs> almost two weeks ago. Yeah. No, no, one week. One, one week. week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's hard. Well, also, I don't whatever. Anyways, it's but like, it's just those things. It's yeah. like those things where you're like, you know, we. It does take time. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely, the time is a lot. Like I enjoy having personal projects, and I've always done that. Yeah, yeah. I, I find that really re- enriching. Um, and plus, you just never know what will come from it. So yeah. Like I just, you know, I, I think that's like kind of an LA energy or a city energy to be like, yeah, you just say yes until something sticks. You know? Yep, totally. Um, so I like that. Uh, but you know, at a certain point, it's like, uh, you know, you're like, oh, I need to like have a new one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to. Not, not that I don't haven't enjoyed d- discussing Dawson's Creek, but I think we've done it. Yeah, I think we've really discussed this show. I know. <laughs> and uh, spoiler, we're gonna discuss it some more. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna got at least pages of at, questions, at so. least two more weeks of us yeah. answering questions about it. Exactly, so and wrapping like this up. More to say, um, yeah, for sure. And so. then, like, I, I know we've talked about it, but like our current plan is to do some listener questions and then like maybe our own personal thoughts and experience, like write some things down and everything about how we feel about About the series and about Dawson's Creek, about Dawson's critique. Yeah. About the (laughs) podcast, about podcasting, about like the state of the world and, you know, just, just what it, what it, you know, what this project has meant to us and everything and kind of like, and what a show like this, you know, that gets written off, I think, unfairly a lot of times mm-hmm. can sort of bring. Right. Um, so. Yeah. So, yeah, that's our plan for the next few weeks. And then and then that'll be it. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird and freeing to not have to take copious notes before coming to see you. Ain't that the truth? I got to tell you. Got to tell you. I totally agree with you on that. I was oh. like, woo, no more notes. All yeah, right. All no, right. I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. I think that's why we like the listener question ones and why we would always do those in between season breaks. You can just like hammer them out. And, like, and they're fun them. to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then just have them so we could take a break. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. The notes part. Yeah. The like 
yeah, thinking about it and everything. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of brain power. Yeah, exactly. So not that this doesn't, not that we don't put energy and effort into this. It's just a different kind of brain power. Exactly. Yeah. This one's more like a rambling on the spot brain power, (laughs) which like, you know, but it's also, uh, it's also like, uh, it's less about plot and about like digging into what people are saying and doing and like Mm -hmm. more like thematic. You get to be broader about it. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. There's less like personal goals in yeah. what we're doing with this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we want to, or, yeah, we want to thank everyone for, that's emailed us yeah. questions. Um, I I tried to get all of them in, um, and like I said, we're going to do two-parters, so if you don't hear yours this week, you might hear yours next week. Um, and, uh, yeah, I tried to get them all in. Some of them, maybe if you sent multiple questions or thoughts, you know, not all of them are there, but uh yeah you know I tried, yeah. I tried to maximize everyone to make you to you know show our appreciation to you yeah. and address like you know your thoughtful emails and everything um and so yeah you ready I'm so ready okay I'm so, really ready this is from Melissa yeah as much as I absolutely love the season finale it certainly brought back the magic magic of Dawson's Creek which I felt was missing for from the last two seasons. I just felt like there were a few things a little off to me, and I wondered how you felt about them. Firstly, regarding Jen's death, Kevin Williamson said it was what he wanted for them to deal with the death of one of their own and the final part of a coming of age, which I do feel is part of growing up dealing with death, and it showed how truly amazing Michelle Williams is. However, I was very disappointed that Dawson didn't really get a goodbye scene with Jen other than that really emotional goodbye video. But that was for Jen's daughter. So it wasn't about Jen and Dawson. I felt that Pacey, Jack, and even Joey all had their moments with Jen, but Dawson did not, despite having such a good friendship and relationship over the series, in my opinion. I also hated that Dawson referenced the time Joey broke his heart as being bumped yawn in in relation to Jen's final words to her daughter, just wandering, just wondering your thoughts on that. As I was livid at him at the time, livid, like he was using it as the way to have another dig at Joey. I agree with you on that. When he was like, you've been bumped from the worst things ever. It was like, well, yeah, because that thing wasn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's isn't that actually what growing up is, to quote Blink-182 kind of. Like, you know, is like having the, I mean... This is not part of your question, but yes, that like having those moments that hurt and like this is what Dawson's Creek does so well Mm -hmm. is like those moments hurt so fucking badly when you're living through them, particularly for the first time. You know, there is something different about living them through them the first time. And like as you live through more and more heartbreaks, it's not that they become less painful. Mm -hmm. It's just that you know that the pain has an end. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know that the pain sometimes leads you somewhere. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, it hurts like hell right now. I'm not having a good mm-hmm. time, but I know we're going to get through this. Whereas when it happens the first time, you're like, 
this is oh I'll, everything's ending I'll never recover from I'll this. never I'll get never past feel this. yeah normal again. i'll never feel joy again in yeah, my life exactly. yeah exactly exactly also, I was so happy that Joey chose Pacey, as in my opinion, he was her true soulmate. He supported her, maintained a true friendship, they communicated with each other, and had a chemistry that could turn the mundane into the magical. And it was Pacey who encouraged her to live her life with or without him. The, quote, Dawson is my soulmate to me makes absolutely no sense. And I felt like it was drilled into my head by the writers at the end as I found they had grown further and further apart and had this awkwardness. I mean, would soulmates have an awkwardness? I don't, I don't know, but I just don't get it. I suppose they needed to throw the DJ ship something. But to me, they were toxic, refused to let each other grow, and never really understood each other, and had no communication skills with each other. And don't even get me started on the strange be- that strange conversation about him making her nervous. <laughs> it was just a totally weird behavior. What are your thoughts on this? Finally, I love the music callbacks. Such an amazing touch, especially when Pacey saw Joey in the rain outside the ice house yeah. while dramatic, dragmatic, if played, it made my heart skip a beat with joy and emotion at how he looks at her. Just pure love. Just wanted to say thank you for an amazing podcast, and I'm really going to miss it. And I hope you do some special and redo some favorite episodes again after a well-deserved break. Of <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you're saying in that, like, and I know we said this in the finale, but like the, the fact that they kill Jen is fucking bullshit. And like, it's hard because Michelle Williams is so, so good, good that they give her this material and she knocks it out of the <laughs> no, park. It's like- so like, you're like, I, I love it. I, know. I love her in this episode. I think she and is it, tremendous. It's wild because I just personally feel there's no way the episode would be good without killing her. Like, I don't know. Like, I like yeah. I feel you. I'm like, that. that I feel very mixed about it. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. And Kevin Williamson's argument doesn't make sense to me personally. Yes, yes. But uh, if they hadn't added that, like, what would her storyline been? And then, like, the episode probably would have been, like, kind of shit. Right. And so it's like, you know, it's hard. It's a, it's a hard episode to sort of reconcile in that way because I agree with you. Nobody ever gives enough credit to Dawson and Jen. And I think that yes. they're a great, you know, you've heard us say it ad nauseum how much we love them as a couple, mm-hmm. but also as a friendship. And I think their friendship works so so well and i've said this before but i'll say it again because you actually saw them have to deal with their shit Mm -hmm. you watched them like the those episodes in season two when jen's like drunk and dawson tries to like save her and she's like no fuck off like even at the end of season five when they're at the airport and he's like so are we not friends how could you not tell me about this yeah you know and like he kind of confronts her in like a very gentle like undawson like way right about being like wait why didn't you tell me about this i thought we were friends like I, right. I thought you know we were gonna navigate a post relationship as a friendship and it, it felt really real and they had this real conversation about like oh well i didn't want to tell you you know whatever about like you know, seeing her parents or whatever. So you you see throughout like the ebbs and flows and the actual work that they put into their relationship. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I just think, I think 
the fact that Dawson and Jen don't get an ending in the same mm-hmm. way is an absolute oversight. Yeah, and I have always felt this way. And like, as, as much as like I hate on Dawson, I don't really like his character. I've always said like I don't like that I feel that way, and I wish that I didn't. And Absolutely. I, and and it, it it's a real bothersome to me that like I there's a character on this show that I loved. I just like cannot stand you right. know and it's so much of the storytelling you know like like i feel like in this episode the finale of the show called dawson's creek the storyline of dawson is the worst one like like you know she yeah. says he doesn't get a goodbye with Jen. And like I pointed out in the finale, like Jack doesn't go and tell him. He gets Yeah, a phone yeah, he gets call. a phone call. <laughs> you know. And, and I think that like, you know, the soulmate thing, I think that I don't know who made the decision to start referring to them as that and I know we noted it when they did sort mm-hmm. of like the first time they yeah. called each other that and it wasn't I think they it's not even, even until season two it's or season three. Season two, and they're like not yeah. even together. Yeah, and I think it's Gail that says it, right? And so it's like you know, but they kind of at some point in this show have glommed onto it instead of actually telling a real story, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's so funny. I like this is kind of neither here nor there, but I I've been watching like a, this procedural drama lately, which uh-huh. as you know I hate procedural drama, yeah, yeah. like truly hate it. Yeah. Um. And I was saying I was talking to my friend about it, and I was like, the thing is, is that I usually hate procedural drama because they give me caricature caricatures yeah. and not characters, mm-hmm. and this one has characters. And so, like, I don't care that there's a mystery of the week. Like, I don't really care what the mystery is. It's fine. Like, I'll watch this. Mm. But I want to watch the characters. Mm. And I think, like, in Dawson's Creek, it's, like, the same thing, right? It's, like, I want to see these characters. And when you switch them into caricatures, Mm -hmm. it becomes excruciating to watch. Oh, yeah. Because they are such good characters when they're characters. Oh, yeah. I know. And so Dawson, like, becomes a caricature of himself so quickly. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, to be quite frank, Joey does at some point, too. Yeah, definitely. You know, and so like this and so this soulmate thing, instead of actually showing us like you did with Jen and Dawson, Mm -hmm. because Jen never ceases to be a character and not a caricature. Yeah. That like you we actually have to watch them have a relationship. Mm -hmm. And with Joey and Dawson, because like you've basically like caricatured the character of soulmate. Yeah. Sorry, that was a complicated thing. But like, you know, it's like, so because they're like labeled soulmate, they don't have to do any fucking work. I know. I know. That is And the entertainment is in the work. Like I want I want to say that out loud. The entertaining part of any television show is people doing the work yeah. because people are fucking messy. Yeah. And that's actually really entertaining to watch, A. Relatable. Relatable B and really actually like can give people comfort. Mm-hmm. Because like when you're out here and I don't care what age you are, I don't care if you're fucking 16 or 40, Like, there are things that you come face to face with that you're like, I just have no fucking idea what I'm supposed to do right now. It seems like everyone else knows what they're doing, but Mm -hmm. I don't. And that's not true, but it sometimes seems like that. And like, feeling and acting and being messy is like, it's so part of life. 
and like show us that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where Dawson's Creek, when it does go astray, it goes astray because it's like, no, Joey's perfect. Yeah. And I'm like, no, Joey is a fucking mess. And the fact that you are not acknowledging that is like truly hurting her. I know. I and know. me in the process. I know. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's wild because like, I feel like the finale is a Jen-centric episode. Yeah. And, you know, which is great. Obviously, we love her, you know. And, and God, give us more of those. Give us more of her doing yeah, literally anything. Yeah, I'll watch Jen's Creek any goddamn yeah, day. You yeah, you know, and we get, like, these really amazing friend moments because she is friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it's weird to get the episode that we were, like, craving and then again, it's weird that Kevin Williamson, in my opinion, just wrote such a boring story for Dawson. Yeah. In a sh- like he wanted Dawson to be the star. So like it's it, I don't know. It feels truly bizarre to me. Um, yeah. That that's what we ended up with. Uh, but <laughs> but it's know? but hey, it but is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you, Melissa. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Okay, this is from Chris. Mm. Congratulations on making it to the end of the show. I know it was a slog through much of season six, but I was happy to see Pacey and Joey finally work it out. As you guys, as you two have discussed many times on the podcast, Jen's character often gets the short end of the stick in terms of her storylines. And sadly, the finale was no exception. I've been thinking a lot about Jen's role on the show, and it seems to me like she was always being used as a device to bring Joey and Pacey or Joey and Dawson together. Mm. As she says in the final episode, from the moment she got out of the cab, she was the instigator, the girl who caused problems and rocked the creek. It's crushing to hear Jen say she felt like she never quite fit or belonged, but that she... But that is because the show didn't want her to. They wanted her to be like the instigator who kept Dawson away from Joey. I do not accept this narrative. But that is the one the show gave us over and over again. Michelle Williams is an exceptional actress who was able to make the character much more than a romantic rival for Joey. Strong, independent, loving, and an overall badass. Yet, because she enjoyed sex, she was subjected to constant shaming and judgment. I think the vilification of Jen stems from the from patriarchy and societal's disapproval of women who exercise sexual agency, as well as misogyny in U.S. culture and media. Because of these sexist ideologies, Jen's character was devalued, and therefore she was used in the finale merely to restore the romantic-slash-platonic relationships between Pacey, Joey, and Dawson. Overall, I was disappointed with Jen's ending, and I'm happy that she got the experience to love her daughter, Amy, Grams, and her soulmate, Jack. As Jen says, to love is to live. So we know she really lived because she had the love of all of these people in her life. What do you think about Jen's ending on the show? How would you have liked to see her story end? I mean, here's the thing. I think you're right in certain ways. And then I also think what Jen got was Jack. And I think in that she fares better than anyone else to be. I mean, and I, I mean, anyone yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. 
I think Jen and Jack, what they have is better than all of the rest of it. Yeah, I mean... Not that I don't love Pacey and Joey ending up together, but Jen and Jack and the, the what they get friendship. to share yeah. is, like, to me, is, like, that's it. No, I... I mean, I feel like that's always been my takeaway from the finale, even the first time I saw it, where she's like, you're my soulmate. Like, that, to me, negated the conversation where Dawson's explaining what a soulmate is or where Joey's telling him, you're my soulmate. Right, right, right. When... When Jack and Jen have that conversation, you believe it, you feel it, you're there for it. I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't even narrate that scene without choking up. It is like, to me, one of the main takeaways from the show. Well, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately Mm -hmm. of like, um, friendship versus romantic partnership. Mm -hmm. And I think... You know, our society values romantic partnership. And I know you and you and I have talked about this on this show, but it's like a little bit. I mean, just because you're fucking someone does mm-hmm. not mean your relationship is somehow more deep no. and intimate yeah. than a friendship. Yeah, definitely. Or, or, you know, a relationship with someone you're not fucking. Yeah, exactly. Is it's like, the you know, I mean, obviously it's there's you're doing one extra thing mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're not doing with someone yeah, you're not yeah. fucking, but like yeah, there might be something more deep, but that's not the kind of deep we're talking about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well phrased my friend. Um, but, but I'm like, so, so, and I think this is such like in a way like this kind of fundamentally queer experience, right. Where like this experience of like, I am so close to this person, but we're not having a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And like, I somehow get relegated to the back seat because I'm not in a sexual relationship with them. And not even necessarily by that person, but by society right. at large. Yeah, yeah. Right. That like, um, I think that's such like an interesting thing. And I think that like, this is like why I kind of place Jen so like deeply in queer, like as a queer character, even though she's not explicitly one Mm -hmm. is because like she has this experience, this like completely otherized experience Mm -hmm. where like the person that she connects to most is Jack. Mm -hmm. And yes, they don't have a sexual relationship and like, but that doesn't mean that they don't deeply, deeply, deeply love each other Mm -hmm. and like have this like most like lovely and intimate relationship with each other. And there's this part of me that looks at that and is like, to be quite honest with you, that's the one that I care the most about. Yeah, I mean, like Chris says, like Jen actually states like to live is to, you know, to love. Yeah. And we see Jen have all these really incredible loving relationships with people that like aren't her parents, you know? And aren't sexual. Yeah, like, you know, it's, like, in addition to her relationship with Jack, like, the growth we see in her relationship of Grams Grams. and how, honestly, they make each other better people. It's not, like, a one-sided thing. Yes. And to see that on screen is, like, so phenomenal, you know? Yes. And I think... 
I remember when we were in the first season, we're like, I mean, I remember Graham's being bad, but I don't remember it this oh, bad. Oh, God. We were you like, know? like, uh, like, I remember it being fucked up. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, woohoo, wow, yeah. this is a lot, you know? And to watch, like, the journey that Graham's goes on, even in season two, when she's like, when you think she's going to, like, um, side with Ty about Jack being gay. Yeah. She's like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> You're not Christian. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, or, you know, to paraphrase yeah, her. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, I remember even at the time watching the show, like being like, fuck oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Like, you know, and being so excited about that. Um, and so to watch the their relationship and how they like, you know, make each other better. And even like, it, I feel like it's even identified with, with Jen being like, you know what? I don't care if you believe in God. You just got to believe in something. Yeah. And you see the way in which Graham's like taught her that, taught yeah. Jen that. And I don't know. It's really beautiful. And so it's hard because I, I, I definitely agree with what Chris is saying that like Jen is this relegated to this one role. Yes. And I think we'll get into the, it later. Um, but I just feel like that the character of Jen is one of the things about Dawson's Creek that defined the generation of millennials. Agreed. Because, you know, whether or not when you first watch it, you buy into the like, we got to hate her. She's a slut. It doesn't matter because as it goes on, like, you know, we did our summer series and every podcast we talked to, every person was like, well, obviously Jen's my favorite character. Yeah. You know, and I think that she totally represents what we believed in our hearts, but we didn't think we were allowed to believe. Or maybe didn't even have the language for it at the time. Exactly. Yeah. That like, you know sex doesn't make you broken yep being an instigator doesn't make you a piece of shit yep. you know um loving people is the point of life yep whether it's a romantic like it doesn't have to be romantic you know creating family with people that you choose yep. is the pathway to having the life that we could dream of when we walk away from this show, the relationship you aspire to have is yeah. the relationship to Jen has with the people she chose to make family with. Yeah. And I just think that really like, you know, encapsulates this weird w way in which like we as fans of the show have taken this story and we have defined the narrative about it yeah. versus what the narrative the the pro, the producers the network Kevin Williamson wanted us to have and we're like uh uh no you don't get to define us you don't get to say you don't you don't get to write this narrative um, and even in your own writing you have flaws again Kevin Williamson wanted Dawson to be the star and we all walk away being like the finale that Kevin Williamson wrote the star the person he thought was the star isn't the star of the episode and has the weakest storyline yeah. You know, um, so I feel like personally, that's like one I've been, I'd, I've always felt like that was a takeaway, but I think in, in three years of talking about it, I've really maybe been able to like succinctly identify that mm -hmm. um, as something where a generational divide is where like, no, first of all, she was raped. So she, yeah. Okay. 
Second of all, she's not broken. <laughs> and third, she's a fucking queen and we all love her. And, and she, she deserves love and yeah. she deserves happiness and she deserves and all she, the great things. And interestingly, in the show where you tried to say she did it, she's the only one who got it. She She's literally the only one who gets all these people loving her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, which is fascinating. Um, you know, and like how do you know, to his questions like how do I feel about Jen's ending on the show and what I've like what would have I like to see her story in? I mean, obviously like anyone, I don't want to see her dead. I felt like that was like it's like like we keep saying, it's truly bizarre because no, I don't want to see her dead, but how would the finale well and have been like I don't know, it's something like just because of the culmination of all these aspects and Michelle Williams being there, like she it's her episode and it's it's like what would i have liked to see i mean i i kind of would have liked to see her and dawson together yes i him to be like i you know like them to have a moment at this wedding where they remembered that they are like dear friends and love each other dearly and actually like joey says to pacey i love dawson too and she's finally like saying to pacey like Dawson's always going to be, if you want to make this work, Dawson's always going to be a fixture. And that was what we couldn't get on in the past or whatever. And if we could have had Dawson be real and be like, I love you, Jen. I want to be with you. I've always loved you ever since you were my sexual awakening. Joey will always be this person that like I've created an identity of I loved before you. And if if we can be okay with that, and if I can acknowledge that and be together, like I would have loved to see that from Dawson. That yeah. real like moment of honesty yeah and like i want you know there's things that i want that like you know you provide and you're the only one that provides Mm -hmm. that in my life yeah i think that that would have been really great do i think at the time i would have liked it i'm not sure that i think that the answer to that is yes Mm -hmm. i think in 2003 i probably would have hated that really i think now i would love it well yeah because we love them together though we but like Right. But like, I think in 2003, it had felt, and I don't know if you felt the same way, but I remember feeling like good fucking God, this incestuous ass Mm -hmm. group of Mm -hmm. people, like go meet other people for the love of God. Yeah. You know? And I remember thinking that so much. And so I think there's a part of me that's like, if Dawson had ended up with Jen and Joey had ended up with Pacey, I would have been irate. Mm. Now, just because I would have been just like, like, too like much what of a the bow. fuck? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a part of me that says realistically, if she had been like, I want to get out of New York, can I come stay with you, Jack? And like, can we like, will you help me raise this kid at least for a while yeah, while we figure out I what we're going to do? There's like a part or of me that would have loved together. that. Yeah, that would have been awesome. You know, or like come to New York with me, mm-hmm. like come teach there. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would love to have your support and I would love to have you there. And like, they kind of run off into the sunset together. Mm-hmm. Like there's a part of me that would have loved that too. Yeah. Right. That would have really been like, that's great. Yeah. And so, you know, but would it have made that as much of an emotional impact? It's really hard to say. I mean, Michelle Williams will kill anything you put in her hands. I think she's proven that, you know, like, but also I just, it's hard to, it's hard to think about, this is such an episode that 
just pack such a wallop that like it's hard to know if mm-hmm. anything else would have worked in the same way. I agree with you. That's the way I feel. Like I didn't want her to die, but like it's like fucked up because Jen had to die so the show could live. Right. Cause I really do think like we were so done with this show. Yeah. And yeah. and I and like I said in the finale, I remember when the Doug coming out scene happened, Doug and Jack, mm-hmm. we were like, oh no, is this gonna be good? Yes. <laughs> I agree. We're like, maybe we pre-game too much. We did. Yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of hard, but um, thank you, Chris. Yeah. Uh, This is from Grania. Yeah. Television and media is very different to the late 90s and early 2000s. And I'd be interested to see what you think of a new Dawson's Creek would look like if written in 2022. I feel like many shows after Dawson's Creek have had types of Pacey, Joey, Dawson, Andy, Jennifer, and Jack characters, but much edgier types. Spoiler alert for 13 Reasons Why. I think if Dawson's Creek was produced now, Pacey would be outrightly beaten by his father, like Justin Foley in in 13 Reasons Why. Mm. Jen would possibly raped on screen or at least speaking about rape in more solid terms, unlike how she sees her past on the show with Billy and other guys like the Jessica Davies character Mm -hmm. that spirals after her rape in 13 Reasons Why. Mm -hmm. Dawson reminds me of the blogger guy type you see commonly in shows now, like the TV, the Scream TV show has a very nerdy guy, Noah Foster, that records all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if... You would say there are even parallels, but I just thought if I had a few thoughts off the top of my head. 13 Reasons Why was a very dark show, however, and I don't think it had enough contrasting joy and nice moments. At least with Dawson's Creek, it could be a truck, but there were more fun episodes. I like to think of Jen still alive. They repeatedly did her dirty, and it makes me feel like the misogyny against her character made her an easy target. Not the actor, but they just thought of the character as less than worthy for storylines and a future past the show. I personally don't think she needed to die. She could have been chronically ill, or she could have had Gramps... Or just have Grams pass away. Mm. The show did, however, get around the sticky subject of Jack becoming a parent by adopting Amy by having Jen pass on. I don't think, I don't know how ready TV was for two gay men to be raising a child that they actively sought to adopt or conceive. In a way, Amy was kind of landed on Jack as the only possible guardian in Jen's eyes. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. But do you think the show could have openly had Jack and Doug have children without it being Jen died? Here is Amy. Michelle's perf- Michelle Williams' performance was outstanding, of course. That goes without saying, as Michelle Williams could read the dictionary and would evoke emotion. She's a world-class actress, and she learned the ropes on a show that does not deserve her talent. <laughs> I'd always thought of her as a word person i looked that up in our dictionary it's sweet word mm-hmm. and even to see how she has tackled personal real life issues makes me admire her even more so 
I like to think of Jen as being a podcaster herself, maybe post a successful media career on a radio. I imagine she would have gotten into YouTube also and definitely been a MySpace girl. Her podcast show would have been a mix of music and conspiracy theories and how to fight the government without landing on a watch list. Dawson is a Michael Bay type. He would have had to have had two scandal not he would have had scandals, not him directly, but he would have had to deal with Harvey Weinstein and me dodger dodgy actors that we know of today. And be very shocked to know that they were evil people. I'd imagine his sets being quite toxic too, making cast work ridiculous hours of the morning, no breaks, and him believing he is a tortured artist soul type, just trying to make a film with integrity, but in actuality is making millions for his next summer blockbuster. Mm. Jack teaching and being very successful, helping teens and running programs for all kinds of kids and being active in the LGBTQ plus community with no shame or guilt, just being happy. Do you think they always wanted Doug to be gay? Like, I know Pacey always made the jokes, but they did it as a throwaway. Let's have Jack have a partner and they couldn't be bothered to have an outside actor for the final finale as they spent zero time building Jack's romantic partners during the show running. Also, do you think CJ is Amy's father or is this another waste of space that unfortunately Jen thought is her knight in shining armor and she never realized that she was a badass not having and not the guys she was with. I think they missed an opportunity with Eve if they had had her less wild and explored her finding her biological family and Jen, her sister. It could have been interesting. Do we think Dawson ever told Jen that he met her half-sister? Um, Joey, I see living in a big city, like the sh they show her in the finale, and I imagine her traveling extensively and living in other cities. I don't imagine her having kids until her late 30s. Pacey and Joey have always been in-game for me, so I want them to be together. But Joey better have gone to therapy either with Pacey or alone. I imagine Pacey be to be extremely sex successful and such as he was such a hard worker. I'd like to think the restaurant is very successful and he can travel with Joey and feel independent of her and not just coasting on her coattails. Andy's a successful, a successful doctor, not wondering what if with Pacey, but happy with some guy, also a doctor, and having a very successful practice. As always, thank you for the show, and thank you for making the podcast. Thank you for giving people a voice on the podcast, and thank you for your take on the show and the world we live in. Okay. I feel like I forgot the question. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like... What would we see Dawson's Creek being now? And oh, in twenty twenty two. Like, where do we think the characters would be? Would be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think this is the thing. I don't think that Dawson's Creek in twenty twenty two looks all that different mm -hmm. because I don't think being a teenager is ever all that different. Right. I think that it doesn't matter what generation you're in. The truth and the reason that Dawson's Creek still resonates is because when you're a teenager, there's this like mix of being totally lost and totally like, I don't know what's happening to me mm -hmm. and I don't know what's happening around me mm -hmm. and I only want to talk to my friends and I have to deal with all this sh outside shit 
and I don't know how to navigate any of it. Mm-hmm. And then, and that's hard. Yeah. And then also these like, it's like speckled with these like truly magical moments, mm-hmm. right? Because I think, you know, something that we lose in adulthood is like, I mean, the magic and yeah. like the, you know, some of the, it's like when you're a teenager and you have your first kiss or you are like first like navigating something where you're like having these feelings like, yeah, it's scary, but it's also exciting. Mm-hmm. And like, and I think that that's like, it's not that I think that that's untrue in adulthood. It's just that it's a little less scary, you know, yeah. kind of how it's going to go. We kind of know how it's what's coming. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like, it's, you know, hopefully you still, to quote Doug, have the butterflies. Right. And hopefully you still are excited about, you know, meeting people and, you know, navigating life. But, you know, you know how to do a lot of it. Yeah. You've done it before. Mm-hmm. So I think that, like, a sh- there's, like, a part of me that wants to say a 2022 Dawson's Creek. I mean, yes, there's cell phone. There's, like, different technology and there might be different, like, you know music and there might be a different setting and there might be different like you know different things that we're dealing with like maybe it's a little more nuanced Mm -hmm. (laughs) about gender and sexuality and race and Mm -hmm. you know and things like class and things like that but also it's like not that different yeah because it's like the feeling is the same and like you know obviously we hope we get into a world where like the feeling of a, having a crush on someone is the same, whether it's a same sex crush or a, you know, a opposite sex crush. And we like would like to get to the point where like the the trauma isn't there, you know, yeah. if you're like quote unquote different, you know, the, the otherizing of people is the the world we hope to have. And 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 I think we have moved the mark a little bit since the Dawson's Creek era on, on that regard. But yeah, I, I personally feel like a sh- what would Dawson's Creek now be the same where it's like, what do you do if you like someone and you don't know what that means? Or what if, and what do you do if you like know someone so well and have known them for so long and you have, you start to develop these feelings for mm-hmm. them and you're scared because like, you don't know whether or not they like you. Like, that doesn't change you because you have access what those to TikTok. Feelings mean, you know? Yeah. It's just like the feeling of love is such a like indescribable thing. And as a result, no one can tell you when it's happening. And so you're like, what is this? And I've always maintained that about Joey, where she's like, what is this? And you're like, see, that's the thing. Jen you know, realize that like, oh, that's just love, friendship love. And or that's family. lust or that's, you yeah, know, like where whatever she was it like, is. Yeah. I love Jack so much because he's my family. And Joey could never really even entertain that idea because of society being like chosen family is morally bankrupt and only what gay people have. You know? Well, and right. And the, I mean, again, to add to my lexicon of Jen as queer, but like, you know, and like, I, I mean, look at the ways in which, you know, assumed or sort of forced heterosexuality as a prison, mm-hmm. you know, that like Joey, it feels like she doesn't get to have this because she is heterosexual. 
Right. Like that to me is like so fascinating, right? That like, she's like, I have to have a romantic partnership. And I think that that like really stunts her yeah. in this way where and it's Dawson like. And Dawson too, to right. be honest. I agree. It's like, totally Dawson, Dawson you too. You love her like a sister. Like you love her the way you love Lily, you know? And like, I think that like Pacey like sees Jen and sees like Jack and sees these people as family mm-hmm. in a very, in a way that mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, Pacey's not queer, but like his, because his family is so messy, it's like Mm -hmm. he's had to go elsewhere for it as well. Yeah. And so, you know, I think for Dawson and Joey, there's like this very like prison like state of like, well, I have to have a romantic partnership and it can't just be like, I have these amazing friends. Yeah. Well, I mean, the similarity that Pacey has is he's been rejected by his family right. the same way Jen has and Jack right, right, has, right. you know, whereas, you know, Dawson obviously is never rejected by his family and Joey isn't either. Like, I'm not just missing the loss she had, but she was never rejected by her right. family. Um, so, like, that kind of, she can't, like, really see that. right. She can't expand what the the definition of family means. Right. It's like she can only expand it to Dawson. And even then she can't because right. she's like, what is this love? Obviously, this love right. isn't the same way that I feel about Bessie. It must be that, like, we're soulmates and I, like, I need to fuck you even though I don't want to. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. You yeah. Um, and I, yeah. And I guess for me where I see the characters, like, I, I don't know. I feel like. I don't know that I want to like label them where their jobs would be, but mm-hmm. like I would hope that like a character like Jen got to actually deal with the trauma, a character like Pacey got to actually deal with the trauma, yeah. a character like Jack, Joey. I mean, I hope they all the got to deal with their trauma, know, right? Like, yeah. and there's this way in which, and I hope that Dawson like gets fucking schooled on like how goddamn privileged he is and how much like he should be like helping others. And, you know, I mean, my only like bone to pick with some of the decisions is like, I hope Jack is involved in his like LGBT community, but also like, I don't think gay people have have to only work in Mm -hmm. gay spaces. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I mean, I think that, they should be involved in their community, but also like, I think you should also like go be fucking bankers and lawyers and like football players and, you know, accountants and Mm -hmm. all of those things. Because like, I think people need, I I think that (laughs) let's just infiltrate the whole system. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. But I, I, and I think, I mean, Jack and Doug, I, I like the Jack and Doug thing. I, I do. I think it's funny and I think it's fun. And I think like... I think it, what I like about it, sorry to jump in, is no, that... No, please. I think it makes it easier to buy into it. And so, because you already know Doug, the character. Right. And so you're, you know, like we see a sim, we see the introduction of Christopher in the finale and you're like, this guy's another fucking asshole. I don't care there is no t- i don't care about if joey marries this guy i'll be like what the fuck you know yeah and so it's hard because I, like i've already said in in the last episode i'm open to someone's interpretation and being like no this is fucked up and this is why and i'd be like 
Okay, thank you. I hadn't considered that. But at this point, what in my you know years of thinking about it, I think that knowing the character of Doug allows us for to buy into that relationship and also therefore allows us to see Jack have a happy ending, which honestly is... It's revolutionary. It is. It is. It's revolutionary that yeah. Jack gets to that Jack gets that. I, I mean, I know at that point in time, you know. Yeah, and I just I just don't think the show could have done that, even if they gave him like a serious partner in the same way. Blah blah blah. I don't think we would have bought it in the same way if we just yeah. You don't care as person, much. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just I don't know. I agree. Um, because also you're you're happy that Doug gets a happy ending. I mean, yeah, even though my opinion on Doug has changed tremendously in this rewatch, like, like, there's this part of me that's like, I hope that he gets what he needs and and gets what he wants. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, and he deals with his shit, too. Yeah, totally. You know, of what she has a lot. Totally. And it seems like Jack is kind of making him do that because he wants to be with Jack. I know. And so that makes me happy for him. Yeah. Good. I like it when gay people are happy. Totally. And they have a happy ending. Yeah. It's so rare. Yeah. That we get that on in I media mean, representation. I mean, obviously it's fucked up because like in Promicide, Jack kind of gets a happy ending and it's like the episode no one can watch because it's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And th- this episode, Jack gets a happy ending and it's like very hard to watch. Parts well, and it's like episode. he gets only half of a happy ending because then his he like soulmate dies, right? Yeah. Like, so, so, you know, he gets a romance partner which i'll take as a consolation yeah. but like like i said you know he and jen are soulmates totally so like then that. there's a question of like does he actually get a happy I ending totally i mean in a way he does because no because like doug and him are not dead yeah but jen is so know. you know and i guess uh one last thing i want to say about like what would dawson's creek look like now i've always said it and i just maintain that like dawson would at least at one point genuinely apologize oh my god yes like i just i just think he would be held accountable for his actions in a much more accountability and growth um in that regard and you know i i i just it's hard that that's one of the things i struggle with that character is like who fucking wrote this it's like and he never i mean like you can count on one hand i think in the the whole series Uh, how many times he apologizes he genuinely apologizes only to jen which is why we love their relationship right the other people that he is totally horrific to like pacey and jack and Joey, joey yeah he never apologizes to no and he doesn't even think he has to. And they don't think he has no, to. No, and that that is like, it, even at the time, was really painful for me to watch. And yeah. particularly now, as, as like the further and further we get away from when this show first aired, the more and more I'm like, wow, they're never going to make him apologize. Wow. <laughs> know, okay, that's, that's interesting. That's a choice. Wow, okay. Um, interesting. So... Yeah, that I would like to imagine that is something that we would see in a show today. I mean, I still think that there would be a broad dismissal of 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 men's behavior, boys' behavior, yeah, bad behavior. But I do think that there would be an inching towards, at times, apologizing. You know? Some kind of accountability. Yeah. Like yeah. It's like, 
Yeah, we never get that from Dawson. The fact that he in in um the birthday episode yes. says what he says to everyone and no he apologizes to no to one zero is people. absolutely bananas. I I totally agree with you. It's really hard to get past. I know we talk about it all the time. <laughs> and it's like one of those like ones like the reviews that we quote a lot or like that we like i don't know talk about a lot where they're like they make everything sexual assault and it's like well that actually is one like he never apologizes for it yeah and like she's visibly uncomfortable she pushes him off of her yeah she's like like what the fuck do you think that is (laughs) sexual advance by him so like what and like you know obviously in our opinion and honestly in the definition of what happens is sexual assault. So um, yeah, I, I, I would never, I would assume that the person who wrote that. that review has done that to someone and doesn't want to, I'm not going to make that. any assumptions okay, about I that, but I, I just think that maybe, I, I guess maybe the assumption I would make is like something like that has happened to them and they're not comfortable identifying or that. that as such. You know? Yeah. Or that, um, that would be more my assumption to make. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, thank you, Alva. Yeah. Um, or sorry, Grania. <laughs> um, uh, this is from Rebecca. Hmm. It sometimes feels like the show's biggest problem is the writers have decided that they were telling the love story of Dawson and Joey whilst believing that they couldn't let the characters be together without being hit by the quote moonlighting curse. The problem with drawing out a will-they-won't-they for so long whilst also needing one of the characters to always be in the other into the other is that eventually the couple's communication turns to shit. Because they both wanted to be together, because if they both wanted to be together and actually communicated, wouldn't they just be together? Anyway, I think that television was thankfully moved beyond the fear of the moonlighting curse. I just feel genuinely bad for Joey and Dawson shippers, and they absolutely do exist, because they get so little payoff for the will they, won't they. Okay, I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. I want to say I'm going to just shout out to Mike Schur, okay. who created... Well, he wrote Parks for The Office. He created Parks, co-created Parks and Rec. And Rutherford Falls. The Good Place. Oh, I don't know about Rutherford Falls, but... Um, yeah, or he was a producer on that. Okay, The Good Place, Superstore, like a ton of the... Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. All of those NBC comedies that absolutely have the same formula which is which i what and I, that is not a dig in any mm-hmm. way shape or form which is that there's a main couple and you do a will they won't they for what i mean they're pretty good at drawing them out what jim right. and pam i think don't get together until season five of the office oh, okay they do it for five seasons four or five yeah wow i never seen maybe office. season four i can't remember um you know, uh, Jake and Amy don't get together till season three of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, Jonah and Amy don't get together until season three or four of I mean, it Superstore. It's hard to say. I mean, I love Parks and Rec, but yeah, they Leslie season and, four. Yeah. Leslie and Ben. Yeah, they don't season get four. together for a while. But here's the thing. Okay. He does a will they, won't they? There's real reasons why the two people can't be together. Yeah. Like... Like a fiant, like a lot of times they're like married or engaged or like mm-hmm. in a different relationship. Yeah. 
There's like real, real reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once they do it, once they... They commit to it. Once they do it, it's like there might be like one or two episodes where things are a little iffy and then they commit to it and those people are together. Mm -hmm. And they don't fucking waver. Yeah. And it's like, because I think the thing is, is that like it... And I think that's the lesson that he has sort of taught television because I see it a lot more now on television where they get people together yeah. and then they're like, okay, and now these we're people together. are together. Yep. And so my thing is like, I think that I get the moonlighting curse. I get it. And Which I get. I guess that we should just say is like a show from the eighties with like Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard. Yeah. And. They did a will they won't they for a long time and it was hot. Yeah. They had such chemistry because mm-hmm. they hated each other. Yeah, yeah. And then they got them together and then the show kind of went to shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's partially because you have to have people fighting with, like alongside each other. So like they can have problems and maybe they like get in and people get in arguments and like there are plenty of actually really interesting arguments that people have when they're trying to navigate a relationship Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and like like there's an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where like you know after Jake and Amy get together Amy is like I hate the mattress at your apartment I can't sleep on it you needed to buy a new mattress and he's like but they're so expensive and I don't want to and they have like a big fight about it and she's like great then I'm not sleeping at your house (laughs) and like and it's like, that's such a real couple fight. That's like such a real like, okay, if yeah. we're going to work out, like yeah. some of these compromises need to be made. And like, my thing is like, that's actually really interesting. And I think if you had put Dawson and Joey through some of those things, if you had made them really want to try to work things out with each other, like the fact that season two, they break up because he makes her wear a wire. Like that's absolutely a reason to break up, but that's a fucking bananas. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think there's a real, there's real reasons for them to break up. Just make them break up for real reasons. The first time, it doesn't really make sense because then she just jumps into a relationship with Jack, and you're like, okay, and like, I don't know. I remember at the time really buying into the like, I need to know where I, you end and I begin. Yeah, and I really liked that journey for her because it made sense to my 15 year old brain of like being obsessed with someone and being like, oh, now that I'm with them, maybe I'm just obsessed with that idea I have in my head. Yep. I'm like, I don't really know what this what this is, yeah. you know? And that felt really real, you know, in my opinion and also, like, from the experience I had, experiences I had had and friends had had and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I get it. And then they, like, have her get into a relationship with Jack and then he comes out as gay. So then they break up and you're like, well, that makes sense. And then, like, you don't – I guess – I don't know. This is part of my larger problem with the show is that like part of your teenage experience and like Kevin Williamson's like the last teenage experience is like losing a friend. But like, I think one of the most ubiquitous teenage experiences is heartbreak Yeah, and getting over it. And we never see that from any of our characters. Right. We don't see the like, the like, I guess with Pacey's the only one. You see him in season three, heartbroken over Andy. Like, and I guess Andy too. 
they're both heartbroken and you watch that from them you never see that from joey from her from the ending of her and dawson multiple times or the ending of her and pacey and i i've always really struggled with that because a show about teenage for teenage girls and they act like the main character is joey and she doesn't have like a heartbreak like well she doesn't ever get over it she doesn't you don't see her go through exactly the getting that's what over I'm saying it. like exactly you don't see the the experience that she has that she goes like you don't see her lying in bed unable to get out like i don't know like i'm not saying there's one way to have a heartbreak but i just don't I never once saw her mourning the end of any relationship. Well, right. And so like, and so, you know, every relationship, it's like season two ends and then it's summertime. And so we don't see her getting over Dawson. Yeah. Season, you know, four ends and she kisses Dawson and we don't see her get over Pacey. Yo. Oh my God. No. And then, like, we, when we start season five, it's, like, Joey and Dawson time. Yeah. Like, Pacey, not a... Doesn't not, even exist. Yeah, nowhere to be found. Except for that one episode The most, like, the best, like, part of that early days of season five, in my opinion, is when she... Like, it feels so real when she sees Pacey at that restaurant. And she's like, well, if he, he didn't tell me, like... I, I don't want to... Yeah. Like, that was for a reason. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that would be, like, the way I would react. And then they have that, like, conversation on the, boat. on the boat. And you're just like, oh. And you just wish that she went home and cried to Audrey. Like, I saw him. I told him this and everything. Because that's what yeah. would have really happened. Absolutely. Like, don't get it twisted. Or even gone to Jen's and been like, Jen, girl, I got to tell you all about it. Like, yeah, I mean, I just, like, I would have given, like, anything to have had her go back to her dorm room. And Jen was there with Audrey with, like, ice cream. And yeah. they, like, talked about it while Joey, like, cried and was like, I miss him or whatever or anything you know or like even if she didn't even if she was like I know we had to break up but like that does not make this hurt any less I know yeah like I get why we're not together but like ouch yeah like I just still love him so much you know totally totally so I I mean I agree that the biggest problem of the show is this weird obsession with Dawson and Joey that they can't get rid of and it just to me feels like like I've always felt this way of of a misunderstanding of the female experience the heterosexual female experience mm-hmm. um and that like the way I felt throughout my childhood that like you were told how you were supposed to feel and you're like, but I don't, but that's not how I feel that way. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that doesn't make sense to me, you know? And so like, that's the way that I've always felt when they're like, no, we got to circle back to Joey and Dawson. And like I've said on the podcast, like when she kisses him in Coda, I was like, Fuck this show. <laughs> this shit's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You're right. It doesn't. And it you could make it make sense, but since you refuse to, I will not go on this journey. With you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. You're dead to me. How could you take the like this most amazing like dynamic of Pacey and Joey mm-hmm. and then have 
this like really real heartbreak and like the you know the the drawn like the few episodes after Promicide are just like so real of like you know her excitement that he mm-hmm. might be able to go to Worthington even though you're like he why would he ever go to Worthington well, like, but like how? I am there with you Joey I yeah. would feel excited too that yeah. like there's a chance you know and then when it doesn't work out like that kind of like real thing and like when she's like you wouldn't have to ask it's just like that was when I, I mean, like sobbed I mean truly when she I yeah. remember like you know in 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 high school 2001 yeah. she's like you wouldn't have to ask I was like I'm <laughs> to my room and you just cry it out yeah. you know and it's just like it's so real yeah and then to have that followed up with her kissing Dawson well and it would be one thing if she if we came back in season five and she was like I was so heartbroken yeah and I did this and I'm so sorry that is like not what I wanted to do yeah and like that was really unfair to do to you or if Dawson had said that to her I would have actually liked if he was like why are you messing with me? Like That's we true. have this yeah, yeah, yeah. toxicity. That's a good point. That's us, a good point. That's know? a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think there would have been a way to handle it. That wasn't what they did. Yeah. Um, to, to kind of make it make sense mm-hmm. that they kissed. And then they never did. And then the ultimate payoff is that they fuck once and then they like, Whatever. And then and immediately I, and it gets always, fucked up. I agree with Rebecca. I've always felt this way, that the Joey and Dawson chippers just get a real raw deal. But, I mean, the thing is, is that you, it's, it's like, the thing about moonlighting, the moonlighting effect, mm-hmm. is like, the whole, everything about that show was leading up to what happens when these two people finally hook up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they love fighting with each other. What happens when they fuck each other? Yeah. And so then they fuck each other, and then it's like, and then where do you go? Right. And it seemed like that was the question the show couldn't answer. And I think with Dawson's Creek, the the problem is, is that, like, okay, you know, the whole first season is this buildup of, mm-hmm. like, you know how Joey feels, and Dawson is oblivious to that and seems to feel some totally different way you know and then it's like but what happens when you get these two people together and it seems like what Dawson's Creek didn't want the answer to be even though this seems like what the answer was is like it doesn't work yeah and like that's okay so then how do they have to navigate their relationship post that that's like actually fascinating. I know, and, and like, I thought that's the journey we're gonna go on in in season four and then the rest of the show was like Okay, remember when we thought we were soulmates and we were going to end up together and I was going to lose my virginity to you or we were going to lose it to each other? Now what? Because we still love each other and we have this deep connection, but what does that mean now that it's no longer romantic and how do we navigate that? Right. And I think when season four is at its best is when that's happening, which is why the first part of it is really good where Dawson's like, I don't know if I want to be friends with you. And he's like kind of really straightforward and honest with her. And she's like, but what do you mean? And you're like, what is happening? (laughs) Like, it's very, I can't believe I'm on Dawson's side Right, right, right. I am on, you know what I mean? Like, what? Like, I don't know. Aaron Hensley is on Dawson's side. I almost said your middle name right then, but I know you can't if I said it. Um, so it's hard and, you know, interestingly, I just like feel like as we've wrapped, you know, our recaps of this show, I just, 
the show does Jen dirty and Joey dirty and I mean so it does much. all the women dirty but it does Dawson real dirty too yeah um well, I mean in a way in a way I mean to sort of address the like defining Casey our generation yeah. de- being the defi- mm-hmm. you know how it define our generation is it like really highlights how heteronormativity yeah actually hurts fucking everyone yeah and I totally agree with you. Like it, it well, that's gonna we're gonna get to that. Okay, okay. That's okay. A sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, Pause. Uh, okay, thank you, Rebecca. Okay, this is from Sarah. Okay, I'm in deep denial that my sending these notes mean the podcast is ending. <laughs> deep denial. Anyway, these aren't all my thoughts, but I picked a few talking uh, points to talk about. I'm not going to talk about how much I hate that Jen dies and how I, how much I love Pacey and Joey get together in the end because everyone will probably be talking about that, and I agree. So here you go. There's a few bullet points. Okay. First one, number, bullet point. Mm. Dawson's quote, what a soulmate is, is one of my favorite quotes in the whole series and one of my favorite quotes of the series ever. Whenever I hear it, it reminds me of my best friend, who is my soulmate in all ways the quote talks about. And I'm so lucky. Bullet point. Mm. Busy Phillips mentioned not being in the finale or mentioned not being in the finale and how she was bitter about that. But I actually like that she wasn't in it. I feel like the finale was just the main cast and that worked really well. Grams and Doug were there and Bessie and Gail, Mm -hmm. you know, um, which was different as those characters have been there off and on the entire season. Mm -hmm. Series, yeah. Series, sorry, yeah. Bullet point. Andy does not apply to the above bullet point. She makes such an impact, and I'm so mad that her scenes got caught. Cut. I would have loved a scene of her talking to Jack. Next yeah. bullet point. Basically, I loved the finale. Jen dying, obviously, aside, I think it worked really well and wrapping up everything and wrapped everything up nicely. Next bullet point. I don't do not want a reboot of this show. Jen, my girl, wouldn't be in it. And also Gilmore Girls revival ruined me for revivals and any kind. I watched it in the life when it was released and we'll never watch it again. Um, okay. Um, I, I like, I'm somehow a person that disagrees about the Gilmore Girls revival. I never saw it. In that... I don't think it's good, but I also was very entertained by it. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not great, but mm-hmm. it did what it was there to do, which was to get me through Thanksgiving with my family. <laughs> um, <laughs> that whatever year that was. Um, uh, but, but I hear you. Um, I think that. I agree that busy Phillips not being in it while I understand her bitterness and she, I would feel that way too, without a doubt. It's hard because I just feel like her character wasn't developed enough. Like, I kind of feel like in a way we know more about Gretchen than we know about Busy Phillips or about, you know, Audrey. Audrey. Yeah. Um, And so, like, my only. I would have loved to see her, though. It's hard because I would have loved to see her in it. But I also didn't miss her. My bone to pick is when Joey says that she's dating someone she calls the anti-pacing. That was so annoying because it reduces her to, like 
a nothing. And I just don't think Audrey was like that. She dated so many people and she like I feel like at the end they kind of made peace. Yeah, her and Pacey they were made fine. Their peace with yeah. days like these. Yeah, totally. So, you know, uh, I I agree. I mean, I go back and forth as well. I mean, cuz I love her and I think mm-hmm. she brings such great energy and I think she would have been there if she knew Jen was dying. Yeah, that like was- I think her care. It's true to her character to like be to like show up. I don't care that I'm on tour with John totally Mayer. With I will you. fly in for fucking ten minutes if I have to. I totally agree with you. You know, and like, and we actually did see a, re- a friendship between her and Jen. So yeah, you know, it would be in, absolutely, in, absolutely you know, continuity that she would show up. And I agree that I think Andy, the, the I mean, we talked about Andy because we refused to <laughs> acknowledge the, she's the, not the in cut the finale. Scenes. Yeah. yeah, but but she isn't. We know. Um, and yeah, I mean, she should be there. I think that like the problem is, is that they brought her in. They made her say medical stuff to people. They let mm. Pacey be like, let me end this story and like tell you how I'm so fine. And they didn't have Andy be like, I love and care about you all still. Mm-hmm. And like, didn't have Andy be like, Jack, your best friend is dying. Like, what the, f- what's like, like how am I here for, how can I be here for you? My yeah, brother. I mean, I guess they did with Andy in the finale, what they did with her post season two, which was just be a vehicle for other people other people yeah which is so unfortunate because i just really love her character um and what she brought to the table yeah and you know i love i would have loved to see her be there for jack as he navigates like losing his best friend um because i i know she would have and she is a hundred percent. It's I mean? unbelievable that she's then not at the funeral. Yeah, and that she's not at like it's that. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I totally agree with you. And that busy Phillips or that Audrey isn't there too is so like my bizarre. only thing with Audrey is like okay, I get it. She's on tour with John Mayer. Like she have her show up at the funeral though. Like and Kevin Williamson could have wrote, written two lines for her to be like, oh, this is so devastating. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. It doesn't make sense why she wasn't in that in, when they closed the. The ice house. Well, it just doesn't make sense that she wouldn't go see Jen before she died. Exactly. And if she didn't make it, she would have at least showed up to the funeral. Yeah. So it's, it is kind of a cop out. Yeah. And if sure. If I were busy Phillips, I would have been hella mad as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. so she's right to feel that way. Um, but like, I, I, on the other hand, do agree with Sarah that like, it also does make sense to just have like our fine five main characters. Um, but yeah. like I said, or like Julia said, we only engage with the Andy version, Andy version. So, um, you know, then that kind of opens the door for, for Audrey to be there too. I yeah. think. Um, and in terms of a reboot, I don't know. I've, I've always, We'll ask us this all the time. We're going to have more questions throughout this about it, too. <laughs> um, you know, like, obviously, without Jen, you're kind of like, well, what's the point? <laughs> but, you know, I think even when the show ended, even though I was like, good written, the show like, went down the drain. There was a part of me that was like, man, what would I give to see Doug and Jack raise an Amy? Yeah. 
that would have been such a cool show. And like now isn't it, you know, in hindsight, that would have been weird to have two straight men acting in those positions, you know? So like, I definitely am grateful. They didn't even try to pursue that as an option. Sure. You know, cause I don't, I honestly don't think we were ready to create that kind of content. Um, I mean, yeah, truly. And you know how, you know how I feel about a prequel with the, we don't know what Gail's maiden name is, but with the Gail and Gwen. Yeah. What do we tearing up Cape Side? Buchanan sisters, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I would have loved to see that kind of like earnestness. I don't know. I just whatever. Like, like we've always said, there's just like something so special about Dawson's Creek that we've never seen before. About just like the mundanity and the like every story of it. And again, like I'm acknowledging that it's all white people and yeah. Uh, so. I, I, I I see that and hear that, but like they're just kind of like high school is is what it is, and it's kind of all about your friends and like about having a crush and about just trying to fit in and you know that kind of those like general just growing pains of being a teenager. Yeah, that I just feel I don't see. well i just think that like so many teenager shows are seem to be about teenagers made for adults yes a and then and then when they're not when they actually seem to be made about teenagers for teenagers they're either supernatural which is Mm -hmm. fine or or they're like pretty little liars where there's a mystery and people are dying and you're like whoa or they're about like or it's like gossip girl about super rich people Mm -hmm. or it's about there's like there's not just like regular old working class people or a middle class Yeah. yeah or a mix of people right exactly and like not in like this like you know everyone's like sleeping with everyone and all this like it's like that's not that i i'm so sorry but like i refuse to believe that high school has changed that much since i was in it and i you know it's been 20 years since i was in it but Mm -hmm. like i'm like kids are still fumbling fucking idiots yeah Mm mm-hmm I know that because I've met like one or two teenagers, (laughs) you know what I mean? And it's like one of those things where it's like, you just, I'm sorry, but like as much as like, yeah, okay. Now they have access to other things. Like they have access to porn in a way that we didn't. So like maybe like some of them are like doing like shit that like they have no idea what they're doing, but they've like seen it modeled for them at this point, you know, in a way that way maybe we hadn't, but like, there's like so there's like some specificity differences, but like there's no actual differences in like the sort of broader context. You're still just muddling your way through with no fucking clue what you're doing. And just trying your best to fit in. And trying your best to fit in and not stick out. Yeah. 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 So absolutely. And also like I'm even though we shit on the like what's the soulmate that Dawson says, I'm glad that you feel seen, Sarah, and I, I really love that. For well, you. I think I don't I actually agree with you that like it's a great sentiment. It just doesn't apply to him and Joey. Yeah. Like I th- I agree with you. I think yeah. it's a great it's it's phenomenal what yeah. he says. It just doesn't apply to their relationship. Absolutely. So like, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's 
I, I mean, I think, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> great. That is a great definition of soulmate. If I only know. you and Joey fit any of these criteria that yeah, you're saying. Yeah, I totally agree yeah, with you. Exactly. Um, so thank you, Sarah. Yeah, thanks. And this is from Alva. Yeah. Maybe too late for the wrap-up, but this came to mind when I was listening to the pod today. Where do you imagine our main characters went, did after the end of season six before the time jump finale? I always felt like it ended the show at a strange time in the middle of the college years, Pacey back in Cape Side. But what was next for him, etc.? I would have personally loved to have seen what they did the next year in post-college. Oh, I totally would have loved it because I think, like, everyone leaves Boston except for Joey and Audrey. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're both going to have to go. Like, Joey particularly is going to have to leave her comfort zone mm-hmm. and meet people and, like, you know, stretch yeah. her wings a little bit. And I think that's good for her, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, like... Jen in New York, I would have loved to have seen that. I would have loved to have seen how she navigates New York now. Yeah, and I would have I would have loved, loved for her to, to immediately break up with CJ. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely think watching Jen, you know, as new Jen, as Jen, not Jenny, being, yeah. you know, Jen from New York, not Jenny, Jenny from, from the block. Yeah. New York or whatever, yeah. would have been really cool to watch. I feel like she was in such a good place when she move you know when she was ready to go back to new york Mm -hmm. and i think that jack would have really thrived in a big city oh my god and like with a thriving gay scene and Mm -hmm. i and i i do think there would have been growing pains for their relationship but like as we saw in season five it would be really compelling to watch you know or like to to for them to go through and they obviously survive it you know because we know from the time jump uh yeah and i think joey kind of losing so she would have been for the first time living somewhere where no one knew her yep in her in her childhood yeah and that would have been so interesting and i i think we've we've always talked on like how many compelling stories there could have been for joey in college and that they didn't really think needed to be navigated like what would it be like to have to create a new narrative about your dad? What would it be like to, you know, create a new narrative about yourself, et cetera? Um, so that would have been cool for her. It's bizarre. Like, I've always, like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. But to me, it never made sense that she's an editor because I thought we were supposed to be like, she's a writer, you know? And so, like, it, it it's fine. But... I'd love to know where that jump came from, mm-hmm. you know, and and how that kind of was made to be that she decided she didn't want to be a creator. And then even in the finale where she like says to Dawson, like, you're a writer, you get to live history twice, you get to make your, what does she say? You're yeah, a you get to li- live life twice. Yeah, you get to live life twice. But, and so to me, like her saying that was like, but what know, about you? What about her? Yeah. She's like. I don't know. I, I thought that was the whole point of having to live through, like, her going to Hudson to be like, I want you to mentor me. Yeah, yeah. It was just, like, so bizarre. So I, I kind of would have loved to watch that journey for her. And, like, you know, I guess, like, she is someone we don't even recognize in the finale where she kind of has this confidence to be like, no, I don't want to keep running. I want to be with you. Yeah, yeah. You know, to to Pacey so I would have loved to watch that journey for her um you know I would have loved to see how Dawson just kept failing up 
Yeah. And I think like, you know, it's so interesting. And someone, someone noted, um, that, um, Jonathan, I think on Twitter that like Josh Schwartz around the same time was 27 Mm. doing, um, where he, that's when he started as the showrunner of the OC and he was the youngest showrunner ever at that point mm. um, when the OC started. So like, it's not unheard of for Dawson. I mean, Dawson would, would have been 25. So it would have been yeah. the youngest ever, but it's not like that. We weren't, cl- we were close to it at the, the at that time. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, to see how he got into a place where he has a production company mm-hmm. of his own. Like yeah. when we go in, it says the Creek, a Leary production, right. you know? So that means he has his own production company. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, that would have been interesting to see. Especially whatever. You just got to buy into it for the finale. But like the movie he makes with Todd is in the show and Canada is a flop. Right. So it's not like he's riding this success. You know, he has experience, but like, you know, anyways, yeah. it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I, I wish, I don't know. It's, it, it's hard because the show needed to end. Yeah, so it, it makes that was clear. Sense that like that's where they did it, but since they do a time jump, you're like, how did we get here? I'd love to know what happened, you know? Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I'm just I was so glad it ended. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is um. So thank you, Alba, for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Hugh. I was Hugh. just listening. Yeah, our British correspondent. What's mm-hmm. up? I was just listening to listening to Julia's solo Patreon episode, and I hadn't realized that Kevin Williamson drew on his recent coming out on Dawson's Creek. It made me wonder if, as Dawson is considered William Standin on the show, there is a reading where Dawson is gay and closeted. I don't think you, you've discussed this before, but stop me if you have. It would certainly explain his various attitudes that repeatedly stop him from having sex with women. As for Natasha, I can totally see her as the kind of person who would say, sure, I know you're technically gay, but I'm not going to have fun anyway. (laughs) That's a good reading of Natasha. I love Natasha. Uh, More interestingly, it might help explain why Dawson is so obsessed with Joey as a representation of a, quote, simpler time in his life where he didn't have to worry about his own sexual feelings and could partake in a, quote, pure, non-sexual, heteromantic relationship. I know Jack was used as a stand-in for William's sexuality, but I thought the reading was interesting nonetheless. I I mean, you know, that's really interesting because I think of that with Joey a lot as like, I think why Joey sometimes reads as queer to me is Mm -hmm. like, she's so like deeply uncomfortable with sex. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes I think that when what you... I mean, I, I, first of all, just to state that, like, asexual people exist. Right. Uh-huh. And so, the, like, there's totally a world in which Joey and or Dawson is asexual. Right. And and so, like, if we're talking about queerness in that way, like, I think definitely either one of them could be. I think it's like, it's like we so rarely see Dawson's sex drive. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, Dawson's creeps. 
is very funny on the subject of horny Joey. Uh-huh. Um, and like, particularly in the beginning, first like season slash two seasons, like Joni, Joey is like horny as all fuck. Yeah. And they, it's funny because, or like not to, I don't know about Dawson's Creeps, but just from watching the show where she's obsessed with like acting like she's all sexual, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you know, and she's like just downed. She just, you can tell she just gets, she has the vibe like, I want to fuck, but I'm too scared to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would argue that I used to be like that. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I, I mean, I was like that yeah, too. Yeah. It's, it's a very, in, in your teenage years. Yeah. You know, as you're drawing your boundaries around sex, you're like, I know I want to have sex. Yeah. But I don't know what that means. And let me talk like I know what I'm talking about. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that, like, Dawson is much less like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't know about gay. I mean, like, he doesn't read as gay to me. Like, it feels like what Kevin Williamson did was, like, put this, like, kind of, I mean... To be really frank, Kevin, if you listen to this ever, I'm so sorry I'm about to say this, but this, like, kind of misogynistic, like, straight dude part of him, mm-hmm. or, like, or maybe it was even, like, a misogynistic, like, fantasy that he had into Dawson. Mm. And I think that, like, yeah, sure, maybe Jack was, like, the the sort of you know, his sexuality, Kevin Williamson's sexuality, part of Dawson's Creek. But, like, I feel like Dawson and his, like, just downright misogyny, which he, like, portrays a lot through almost oh, yeah. all of the show. Like, and, and you know, I feel like that's, like, this kind of, like, high school fantasy of, like, straightness. Right. You know, and I think that, like... You know, as someone who, I mean, I thought I was straight in high school. That was not true. (laughs) Uh Um, But, like, I remember, like, I wished that I could be, I wished so deeply that I could be, like, those girls Mm. um, that I saw that had no problems with boys and had no problems, like, and, you know, of course, that's a completely false narrative. But, like, yeah. but like in my head, you know, oh, God, like, it's so easy for you. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm such a fucking awkward person. And, like, I don't even know how to talk to guys. And, it, and like, at a certain point in high school, it was, like, every any guy I talk to just, like, turns out to be gay. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, like, a big hint that, like, if you're only surrounded by gay people, sometimes there's a reason for that. <laughs> um, and, like, <laughs> that's who you feel comfortable with. Um, and so, like, you know, I just think that, like, there's, like, I don't know. I, it's so, so hard for me to look at Dawson and think at any point that he could be gay like yeah i guess i personally feel like i mean kevin williamson i'm pretty sure grew up in north carolina Mm -hmm. and to me i don't think that dawson is a stand-in for his sexuality as much as a stand-in for like his it, it almost like i've always felt this way of dawson's like i'm a good guy because i don't care about sex and I don't actively want to fuck people and that kind of like way in which 
there was shame around sexuality. Like, and to generalize, I don't know Kevin Williamson's experience and just to generalize what I yeah. feel Extrapolate. like I think about the experience of growing up in the South. Yeah. Is that like there is a sexual shame broadly. Yes. And then an intense shame about uh, heterosexual or homosexual desires. Yeah. That then like compounds that shame. Yeah. And so to be like, Dawson's like, well, I don't like care about sex. And so that makes me morally good. And like yeah. this kind of conflation of of sexual desire and morality yeah. that I personally feel as an outside looking in, someone who's never lived that. And I don't know, Dawson, you know, Kevin Williamson's experience. But from what I see is like that weird conflation of of like you're a bad person because you desire sex or and then you're a doubly bad person because you desire homosexual, homosexual sex sex which yeah. is like so bizarre and i'm not saying that doesn't exist outside of the south but like we know it, it's more compounded there for sure yeah yeah the, there are parts of the country that you know um, unfortunately, the culture of those areas can be very yeah. oppressive yeah. to that, particularly and, as teenagers. You know, if we look at the seasons that Kevin Williamson, you know, participated in, it's like, well, we've got the Jen and Pacey on one side as the people Deviants. who've had sex mm-hmm. and they're bad and they're not just like bad, but they're like morally corrupt and we shouldn't like them. Mm-hmm. And then we have you know, Joey and Dawson on the other side and they're the good ones and they should be together and they're soulmates and they're meant to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And obviously like throughout the years of the shows we've like dissected, it's like, well, the people that you said are bad were actually sexually assaulted and are victims. So I will not engage in this narrative and what narrative you were trying to make could have, I could see a world in which it could have worked. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like, but I, I, I can see how it could have worked in a little bit more nuance. But that's not what happened. Right. And then also, like, in season two, you get Pacey. I mean, Jen gets punished the whole of season two. Mm-hmm. Like, she just goes through it. Mm-hmm. But, like. Even with her hair. I mean, yes, even with her hair. But Pacey, like, gets to have this lovely love story, and then he and Andy have sex, and then she has a mental health crisis. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, there's no... And then she's punished and off the show. And then she's punished for that and off the show, right. And so, like, and Pacey, I mean, I think Pacey, like, his girlfriend you know, has to leave mm-hmm. and like he kind of get punished, gets mm-hmm. punished as well. Right. Yeah. There's a way in which a lot of times, except for Dawson, everyone who has sex gets punished for it. Pacey eventually doesn't as much, but like he kind of does. I don't even know if I think that's true. Well, there's a couple of like, he has like a one night stand that he like, you and know, he, but he's consistently punished in the sense where it's like, yeah, you know, he, has to be a stockbroker. He, like, <laughs> he has to deal with rich. Yeah. Deal with Alex Pearl. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, fair, 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 fair. Like, he gets punished. Yeah, sure, he gets punished less than, like, say, Jen or Joey. But, right. But, like, I don't know. On the other hand. Or like, Andy or, you know. More than Jack or more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than totally. Austin, obviously. So it, it's, 
it's hard. Um, but I, I don't per- personally think, and I remember talking to Jay about this when we did our interview with him. And um, like, I, I always felt like Dawson was the character Kevin Williamson thought he would be if he was straight mm-hmm. or that like, you know, this kind of wish fulfillment of like, oh, it would have been so much easier if I was straight, which like, Bitch, it would have been less fun. It's just like, what does that mean? Like, sure, but like, Dawson ends up with no one at the end. So, like, yeah, so. I don't know. And like, we all hate him. So, <laughs> is that easier? Like, you know, like, I don't know. It just depends on your definition of easy. Um, he doesn't have a more loving life. He, you know, he's not. He's not more alive. Yeah. Um, is it easier for him? Yes, without a doubt. But is he alive? Is he loved? No. And that's just not a world I would want to live in. Yeah. Um, so I just feel like taking the the non-easy route is better. Um, but I guess that's what I've always felt is him being like, oh, what would it have been like if I was straight and I could have had the easy life? And that's what he made Dawson. And you're like... Well, straight you sounds like a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. So yeah. I don't know if that would have been easier for you. So whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know if I, you know. But I like that. I mean, that's an I interesting like, question. I do. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Okay. And so let's do this final one. Yep. It's a three-parter from Anshul. Um. How do you how different do you think this show would have been if Grams died instead of Jen? And what would be your ideal ending for her? I personally think she should have ended up with Dawson. Yeah. I mean, I, in a yeah, it's sure that would have been great. Mm-hmm. I think she should have ended up with Jack. I I love that. I do love that story. I think that would have been cool. I think Grams dying would have really delivered the same caliber of acting from Jen. And Mary Beth Peel. Oh my God! Can you imagine? So we would have really got like again a Jen centric. I think you could have done this with Graham's dying. I agree yeah. with you, and I've definitely given that a lot of thought. And I'm like, couldn't we? Have well, because you could have still had the Jack scenes and the Jack and Jen, and Jack and Jen like being like, "Fuck, we gotta like mm-hmm. figure our shit out." And you could have still had like all of them like really realize how deeply Graham's has been embedded within them. Yes, you know, like. Yes. Because, like, she, she's done so much for all mm-hmm. of them. I mean, particularly mm-hmm. when they were in Boston. Yeah. But, like, really so much. And, like, so you could have really, like, you know, gotten it together. And, like, you know, I mean, like, you could have had a callback to, like, the Thomas Culpepper conversation. Right. To spark Pacey and Joey to talk to each mm-hmm. other. I mean, you know, the the thing is, is, like, the question is, is, like, how do you spark Joey to be, like... I got to stay. I got to stop running. And the, the the fact of the matter is, is that if Grams was like, you know, dying and Jen was like, fuck, I got to figure my shit out. And she's talking to Joey about it. And Joey's like, well, shit, I think this means I got to, fi-, you know, like, like you could still find a way for it to spark her. I just think Joey being confronted with the possibility of marrying Christopher. Christopher is enough to spark. Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we need like a death to her to be like, who do I want to be with? Um, 
like I get why they did it for dramatic effect, but you're like, I don't know, if someone's gonna propose and you're like, I don't wanna marry this guy, why is that? And when they're all like, I know it's a deleted scene, but like not in our canon, where they're like Grams and Bessie and Jen and Joey are sitting at the B and B and they're like, Well, if you don't wanna if you're running away from him, you don't wanna be with him. Right. And like we know why, because you're still in love with fucking your ex boyfriend and right. we know that, right. you know. So I would have loved to, or would have rather seen a Graham's death than a Jen death. And I totally. still think we could have gotten a good finale because it would have been Jen centric and her dealing with it. And I think we still could have gotten like the family created with Jack in the sense of like, I can't raise this, Amy yeah. without Graham's. You need to move and be with yeah, me yeah, yeah. or something like that. And I think we could have gotten a lot of it. Um, I do agree that I think that Jen and Dawson is like one of my favorite relationships on the show. It's hard to rank them because, you know, yeah, there's three good ones in my opinion, like Andy and Pacey, Joey and Pacey and, and Jen and Dawson mm-hmm. that are like hard for me. They all have their pros and cons. Sure. You know, sure. To like say which one's the best one. Um, but that is a top relationship yeah. on the show that I would have loved to see. Um, okay. And then the second question, what have you learned in your rewatch of the show as an adult versus a college student? Man. Okay. Wait, you start because I, I, <laughs> I feel like I need a second to muse on that. Okay. I mean, I think we've talked about it a lot, but. I just didn't remember Doug pulling a gun. Yeah. And that one, like, to me is the number one with a bullet of, like, wow. Yeah. Wow. And changed my opinion of the character. Even though I love, I do still love Jack and Doug ending up together. And we've talked about it. And I know there's complications around it. And I understand it. But I I just love a happy ending for our gay character, Jack. And I do think that's a believable happy ending. I, I do. I buy into it. I do. I Yeah. At this point in my life, I see very few faults in it. So I'm, I'm there for it. Um, but the character of Doug made me, like, shake every time I saw him on screen. Yeah. Post 105. 105. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so I definitely think that that's like the biggest change I've had. Um, I think it's hard and I know this is what gets me a lot of hate, but like, I just personally like don't like Joey and I've like grown to like her less and less. And I think I had more care in my heart for her as a college student. Mm -hmm. But having to watch her be so violent towards Jen on the regular, it's it's unforgivable to me. I'm sorry. It just is. Like, it's hard. And I I know we kind of got in an argument in um, in season five when they like, what is the where they do the dinner? Oh, yeah. And it just I just like Jen is having this great moment and Joey is making it about her and I just like cannot (laughs) be okay with this like I just cannot give Joey any space about this you know and and um I I feel like to me that's the other like probably the biggest takeaway is that like the male gaze from has changed so much 
And I guess I maybe more acutely understand it now Mm. as an adult. And so the way in which this like perfect girl was written. Yeah. I struggled with it at the time, but not as much as I do now where I'm just like, who is this person? Why is this happening? Mm -hmm. This is not a character I'm familiar with. And I don't believe that anyone is flawless. Like, Mm -hmm. so what? And I don't think you can just have your heart broken and then just be fine with it. I just, I just like, I don't buy it. Um, So I feel like in this rewatch, and I remember saying it in season one, I was just like, I just haven't fallen in love with Joey in the same way that I did when I first rewatched, mm-hmm, when I first mm-hmm. watched it. And I I've felt that way throughout. And I don't know, that was kind of a bummer for me in the sense where, like, you know, you feel so seen the first time you watch it. And, like, now I'm just like, I would never be friends with her. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah. I think for me, it's, I guess I'm going to go a little broader, Mm -hmm. which is that I think that like the thing that I've really learned from this rewatch is how much value there is in success Mm. and how much value there is in failure. Mm. Because I think, and I think I've said it this way before that like when Dawson's Creek, it's good. It's some of the best television that's ever been produced. Mm -hmm. And when it's bad, it's some of the worst. Yes. And I think that there's so much value in looking at that Mm -hmm. and in thinking about like what that means and in like, it kind of like, it kind of like in a way and not to be cheesy, but like inspired me to be like, just fucking grab life by the whatever. And like, and like just do it. And it's okay if it's imperfect Mm -hmm. because like, look at how much, I mean, y'all are listening to this. I see the numbers it's not a small amount of you mm-hmm. are listening to this, are listening to us talk every single week for three years. Mm-hmm. It's at this point, hundreds of thousands of listens. Yeah. Yeah. That have happened mm-hmm. on just our podcast. That's mm-hmm. not to say the other Dawson's Creek podcasts. Yeah. And it's 20 years after the fact. Mm-hmm. If I mean, it's more than 20 years after the fact, like that's not nothing. Exactly. And so my thing is, like, I guess on the broader level of, like, art does not have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. In fact, when it is perfect, it's boring. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's great and it's like, wow, I can appreciate how great this is. And, like, I, I never want to experience it again. on Patreon about how, like, Breaking Bad is, like, a near-perfect show, but you never need to watch it again. Yeah, and I And sometimes said, I it's boring, that. you know? And I, I, like, I agree with you on that, where it's like, well, okay. Well, right. And and so, the, yeah, someone on Patreon asked me, um, when I was, I did a little, a solo episode when Aaron was on her honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, I forget what they asked, but I was talking about perfection in television. Mm-hmm. And there are two shows that I think are actually perfect, which are Six Feet Under, which I do rewatch from time yeah. to time. I rewatch that this summer. Yeah, I rewatch it like every five years or so. Yeah. Um, God, that finale, like honestly, that's my all time favorite finale. I, I mean, it's literally the best finale it ever is made. So good. So <laughs> like, good. Oh my God. That show is really good. It's really good. 
And it doesn't, it changes, like the meaning of it changes, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, but it's like still relevant. It's, you still get value from rewatching it, yeah. even if you've already seen it. A- like absolutely. Yeah. And and I said that Breaking Bad, I think, is like technically perfect. I mean, I think it's it's so well written and directed and, and particularly acted. Mm. I mean, just tremendously good from everyone. Mm. And I watched it once and will never, ever watch it again. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I never liked the way they used color where every character has a color that they I mean, always wear. And I was like, this is boring, but I guess that was what they were trying to do. Yeah. But I, I mean, like, know. I mean, my so, thing is like, yeah, you know, that's so interesting. Like what an interesting choice to do that, you know, and stuff like that. It's, it's not that I don't think that they made interesting choices. It's not that I don't think it's just one of those things where I'm like, there seems to be not a misstep on this show. Mm-hmm. And like, and you'll never revisit. Whereas this one, Dawson's Creek, millions of missteps, and you're so like, many. I can't get enough. Totally, totally. I mean, you know, and there's gems. There's these diamonds in the rough, oh and God. there's these gems in the middle of terrible seasons, and mm-hmm. you know, there's like, and even I mean, what was so fascinating about this project is like even going back in and watching the ones that are really a slog to get through. There was always a bit of value mm-hmm. in some in some somewhere within the episode. Yeah. There was like something that we could sort of be like, but that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Like I agree with you. Like even though season six is like, honestly, (laughs) I will, I just don't know if I'll ever watch any of those episodes again, besides castaways and like, even clean and sober. It's so good. But like, I don't know. I don't know if I'll watch that. But Castaways is just like such a standalone. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's easy to pop that in and be like, I just got, I got forty five minutes. I need my Dals- I need my Joey and Pacey fix. You know. So, but Natasha to me is a fucking queen. Like, right. I don't know. So you're like, well, how did that happen? You know, yeah, yeah. like what? Like, give me, like, give me more of that. Like, so there are these moments, and like, I remember when we were talking to um creek of the week and i was like god there's like this phenomenal moment in love lines which i think is probably one of the finest acted moments of all of season six where adam carolla really attacks david about like being gay or whatever and you see like his face like the real violence it's happening towards him as other people are laughing at this quote-unquote joke which is not a joke you know and they were like it's kind of funny that you're highlighting a moment in one of the like well-known worst episodes and i was like i know that's the thing about dawson's creek you never know where it's gonna come from yeah we're just like out of nowhere you're like damn that's a great moment and like i i i felt that same way when we watched um promicide where i was like man jack and they have a happy like jack and um, not ethan toby toby they have a happy ending but like i literally never watched this episode who knew (laughs) so i didn't i now I, oh yeah i remember that yeah, happening yeah, yeah. but like i don't like toby so i don't care but like oh like that's kind of cool yeah you know um, the gay kids are the only ones that have a good time at prom yeah, yeah yeah um but that episode is just like i'm sorry but it's unwatchable oh truly oh my god wow it's so yeah no truly wow so much okay so final question we'll end this um, segment. This segment here. 
If you could summarize the entire series, how did Dawson's Creek define our generation? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking a lot about this question. I know. I think it's a number of ways. Mm -hmm. I think that, as I've said before, there's a way in which, particularly Dawson, Mm -hmm. but all of the characters, carry a kind of optimism that I think felt very different from Gen X. Mm. You know, and I feel like it felt like there was a cutoff. And if the if they're our age, they're whatever Xennials or Generation Catalano yeah. or whatever we're calling ourselves. El- geriatric yeah, millennials. Geriatric, like elder. Geriatric. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. yes. So like, you know, they they are they do have mm-hmm. Bits of both uh, mm-hmm. within them, of both Gen X and millennials in them, um, even if they're technically millennials. Uh, and I, I do think that that's part of it, right? That there was like this, like particularly the character of Dawson, but all of them, there's like an excitement about certain things. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, Dawson is, ex- he loves movies and yeah. he's excited about that. And he's, like, not too cool to be a fucking dork Mm -hmm. about movies. And, like, Pacey with his boat, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he's a fucking nerd about that boat. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, isn't that amazing? You know? And so there's this part of me that's, like, there really was this shift happening from, like, too cool and unaffected to, like, no, I fucking love this. Mm -hmm. I think this is so great. And I think that, like, so I think that in that way there was a definition, a shift in definition. Mm -hmm. But I also think the way that, even if it's problematic sometimes, the way that it treated marginalized characters, that it was, you know, I remember if you, if you, if you hearken back to the days of yore of 90210, there was like, a very special episode yeah. where someone not in our group mm-hmm. was gay and yeah. Brandon had to like talk to them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was like, whoa, yeah. Brandon had to talk to a gay person. Yeah. And like, you know, there was, I remember distinctly the very special episode that happened not too soon after the LA riots or the uprising in 92. Mm-hmm. You know, the and King the Rodney King uprising in 92. And like, there was like a very special episode where they like went to South Central LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I just was like, oh, it's a very special episode where black people are in Los Angeles. There are black like, people in Beverly Hills, you motherfucker. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So like, we had moved leaps and bounds, yeah. even as white as Dawson's Creek is. Mm-hmm. And by God, it's white as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, even as much as like we have Jack and that's it for queer representation. Yeah. Like it did move leaps and bounds by like having these, having these people and these like storylines in the show, mm-hmm. you know, that like we were really moving forward. And then that way, I think it like defined the gener- our generation in those ways, in those like ways of like, I mean, even if you look at Jack's coming out, it's like all of his friends are basically like, Oh, okay. <laughs> totally. Even his girlfriend <laughs> which at the time is like, yeah. I mean, I'm sad, but okay. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, and yeah like, exactly. What a fucking, I mean, you know, what a fucking monumental shift. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I've always said when people are like, why Dawson's Creek? That's pretty niche. You know, like, obviously the way in which we uh, started the show was it was like the first millennial show mm. and like when it launched it was the first time all of high school was millennials based on right, the definition right, right. of millennials so like obviously that um kind of is the way in which the boundary is drawn but i think the sh- the show itself really just made people feel seen you could identify yourself because it was just so low-key in the like we've always talked about like just the smallness of how hard it is to be a teenager of like getting a good grade trying to get out of your small town um having a crush wanting to have your first kiss you know having sex for the first time all of these things that are very very real and it made in my opinion it made you feel seen Mm -hmm. and then to scope that out it highlighted not only how that felt to feel seen but the importance of just being seen yeah not just you but everyone feeling seen like Jack feeling seen in that, like, his queerness wasn't what he was seeing as a representation of what it meant to be gay. Like, and as, you know, obviously in in hindsight, looking down, you're like, yeah, of course. Like, (laughs) you don't have, like, we know what he's saying when he's like, I want to be, I'm not like whatever he, like the rhetoric he uses, but we understand what he's saying now where he's like, I'm not flamboyant or whatever language we want to use. And, you know, and Joey feeling seen in her intellect as a woman, which was hard. And Dawson even feeling seen in the fact that like, he wanted to make movie. Like he had this idea of what he wanted to do and he wanted to do that. Yeah. And just how important that is. And I think that as a result of like, just highlighting that Mm -hmm. for like, this show is a zeitgeist show. Like everyone knows it from, from our generation. So highlighting that is what, makes us in this moment uniquely aware and conscious of the ways in which we're corrupt and morally bankrupt in society, but the ways in which we're beautiful and amazing Mm -hmm. and able to hold both of those spaces at once, which I think is one, in my opinion, one thing that defines our generation is to be able to grapple with the good and the bad. The complexity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the nuance. Yeah. And I think that that's what we see in a... Sh- in, I personally feel like that's what we see in Dawson's Creek, is that, like, this show is about nothing. Yeah. But it's also about everything. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And I, you know, like we've always said our personal journey with this show and our goal with the podcast has been to highlight 
that you are allowed to like what you like. That is ultimately a lesson from Dawson is that he likes movies and he wants to be, and he's allowed to like those. And we are too. Yeah. And like, we shouldn't feel shame about that. Like he honestly never feels shame or feels blowback from his like obsession with movies. Right, right, right. And let's ride that energy. Like let's, you know, paddle down that creek, you know? <laughs> Reap that whirlwind, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. So I, I personally feel like that's how it defines our generation. And then just to be more specific, Dawson's Creek defines our generation just like in the sense that it literally defines it. Like it came out at a time <laughs> that yeah was when our generation was in high school and it was a show for us. So it, yeah. like... If you are familiar with the show Dawson's Creek, you are part of our generation. Yep. If you watched it when you when it aired, in a way you are in this generation with right. us, you know, even though like I know there are Gen X people that watch it with us, but they're only young Gen X people that are cuspy people. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's kind of like you're, yeah, with you're just us. on the other side yeah. of the cusp. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to geriatric millennial <laughs> um baby ex- baby Xers. Xers, you know. So, <laughs> You know, just like more specific, like you know, uh, to it, it, it defined us in that way. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So thank you, Anshul. Yeah, thank you. Um, and yeah, so we'll do uh, one next week, but yep. uh, we're gonna end here because we've been chatting for too long. A long time. And we've had too many champagne of beers. Yeah, we're having some Miller High Life. Um, because we're classy. <laughs> We want to thank you all for being here, um, making space with us, mm-hmm. and letting us do this like slow exit uh-huh. out of your lives. Um, uh, we hope you all are staying safe, and you know it's like a truly wild time to be alive, but we're living. Um, we hope you all are wearing your mask. Mm-hmm. You know, um, things are getting dark out there <laughs> yep. in multiple ways. Um, it's wild. Please vote in the midterms if you're in the U.S. Yeah, make your plan. Just get, you can start voting now. A lot of I know mm-hmm. in L.A. you can, but a lot of places you can. So make your plan to vote. It's very important. Um, not just for like who represents you in the federal government, but like it just in your local government. There might be like other things that are out to vote, like whether or not you think your constitution should be amended to protect abortion rights, you know, and stuff like that. Or whether or not your city council rep is a blatant racist and maybe you should get them kicked out of their seat. God. Yeah. LA's having a time right now. Aren't we? (laughs) Aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so wild. Um, Oh my God. I mean, yeah, we don't no have to go surprise. into it, but... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's really fucked up. Um, yeah, and not only that, but we we just had, like, a real hate crime again, like, a real anti-Semitic hate crime yes, happen. Yes, that's true. Um, yeah, because of Kanye West. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't even know how to segue out of that. But, yeah, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. defund the police, yep. stop Asian hate. yeah. On our treaties. Maybe we should say water is don't life. Don't be an anti-Semite. Yeah, like anti like the way we treat the Jewish people is like a canary in the coal mine yeah. and uh, eroding groups of minority groups. 
it's coming yeah. for you. It's, it's, like, it's, come it's, on. Yeah. Like, it's a fast descent. so wild. Um, it honestly doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Nor I. Uh, Sorry, you were going to say on our treaties. On our treaties, life. water is life. We stand with all movements to protect the rights of the working class. Police unions are not true unions. They work against the working class. Abortion is healthcare. Abortion is literally pro-life. Mm-hmm. Um, Medicare for all. Cancel student debts. Uh, uh, ban assault rifles. Universal background checks. Trans rights are human rights. Yeah, again, like there is no place for anti-Semitism in the world. Uh, we stand with the people fighting for freedom in Iran. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we're facing like a real global reckoning against systems of oppression and it's a a real a real learning curve and um yeah. tough situation we're going through and it's it simultaneously inspiring and and um saddening to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh but we're here watching it with you. So you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. You can email us for like another week or two and then I'm setting up an auto reply. So <laughs> Dawson's Critique at gmail.com. We want to shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at Dawson or <laughs> at go freaking crazy. Uh, you can follow my Finsta at Aaron.Hensley for Capitalism Corner. We have merch, bit.ly slash Dawson's Critique. Um, we have a Patreon. Um, we're going to watch the pilot over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still reviewing like a few old episodes. We're going to at least do that through the end of October. Um, and uh, patreon.com slash Dawson's Critique. And um, you can buy our merch. Our book. Our book. <laughs> Uh, I remember everything Life Lessons from Dawson's Creek available wherever you get your books. Uh, Today we're going to shout out Harriet's Bookstore, which is a black-owned bookstore in um, Philadelphia. Cool. uh, Named after Harriet Tubman. They're really cool. Um, And have if you're in Philly, you should go in. Their inside is very Instagrammable. Um, (laughs) Yeah, do it for the gram and buy books from them. Um, Please, or no, thank you to those of you who have liked us, subscribe, written reviews. Uh, We appreciate that so much. That's helped us so much over the years. Um, You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Pesty1079. We'd like to thank you all for being here. We will see you next week with our next wrap-up questions episode um and we'll see you for maybe a week or two after that um so thanks for being here with us we really appreciate it i don't want to wait